What's up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 195 of Smack Talk, presented by SmartOutMoment.com. I'm your host, Tony Mango. Joining me on the mic on this panel is Stephen Wego. Woo. Mike Payton. Woo. And Drew White. Woo, you know it. <laughs> like, that's not even a woo. Uh, in this episode, we're going to have two main events for you. The mailbag questions for the past month. The wrestling with the past uh, retrospective of SummerSlam. And, of course, we've got the usual kind of stuff. The hot tags coming up in part two. Wrestled in part three. Fantasy League at the end of the show. And part one is going to kick off the same way that we always kick off. With the wrestling trivia question of the week. Otherwise known as the Ask Him. For those who don't know what the Ask Him is, I'll give you a quick breakdown right here. It's a two-part question. They both tied together. One is for the panel, and the other one is for the audience. Last week's question to the panel was, who was the first guest on Piper's Pit? And the answer was Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. I love how you like take like take the piss out of yourself first before we jump on you. Yeah, <laughs> because I know it's coming. Uh, uh, kind of sounded like Sean there, to be honest with you. <laughs> what the poor? No, a more American version, at least. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, question to the audience: Which family member of Jimmy Superfly Snuka did Rowdy Roddy Piper hit over the head with a coconut? And of course, that was the Tony question. It was Rikishi. He starts off the promo of when that happened with oh you know you you attacked my family and whatever like that so even though they're not really really related as much as some of the other people are that's how you get around that kind of shit as in not at all yeah (laughs) they're not related at all just because someone's Samoan doesn't mean they're from the same family I don't know I'm pretty sure every WWE superstar who's Samoan is related I'm pretty sure Samoa Joe is like the twin of the rock (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure like he's his more talented brother. Yeah. Oh. Well, I guess that's why Samoa Joe is making it so far in the sexiest men tournament. <laughs> Technically, you should have had him as a... Did, was he a part of the pre-thing? Or was he I, not at that point? You're asking me? I don't know, I can't remember <laughs> at this point. I don't remember. I'm sure he didn't get... You know, he wouldn't have gotten them anyways anyway. But let's break down what everybody said. Uh, Galactic God. I don't remember that name. Uh, if you're new, then, you know... Thanks for joining us. Keep coming back. And if you're not new, then I apologize. <laughs> I don't remember that name. Uh, but he says, Tamina. Peter says, I got no idea, but he can hit Deuce and Tamina, helping Tamina, who lost the Sexiest Divas tournament, win it, and it'll be all right with me. What? You want her to win? No, that can't be right. She, he said that shemail stuff. <laughs> uh, Watchman King says, Sim Snooker, I guess. Mike McCormick says, Emma got chewed up and spit out and booed off stage. I have no fucking clue, Tony, what the fucking question is. Or what fuck question is that? Maybe it was Snooka's victim girlfriend. <laughs> I don't know whoever else was related to Snooka besides Tamina. And Mono Apex says, this is a job for Wagopedia, not my brain, so I'm not going to answer. It has occurred to me that fuck Seamus's... Fuck Seamus's... In the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, he could eat a lot of donuts and he would become a living replica of the Michelin Man. How many Seamuses are there in the Ninja Turtles movie? Fuck Seamus. Well, uh, there's a lot of them in 2K15. (laughs) So, this week's question to the panel. Uh, These are going to be superhero related after what happened with Stephen Amell this week. Question to you guys. Who are the first... Or who were the two female superheroes who were aligned with the Hurricane? Mighty Molly. Super, Super Stacy. Yeah, there you go. Mighty Molly and Super Stacy. 
Question to the audience. Which WWE superstar has portrayed multiple superheroes during his tenure in WWE? Multiple superheroes. Hmm. If you think you know the answer to that, or you want to just take a flat-out random guess, leave a comment below, send a tweet at SmartOutMoment with the hashtag AskHim, or leave a comment on SmartOutMoment.com. Next week, I'll tell you the answer, run down everything else that you guys say as well. We're going to continue on here in part two with the hot tags of the week, so stay tuned. If you're on iTunes and Stitcher, all you got to do is sit back and relax, and we'll be right back. If you're on YouTube, then it's up to you to click on that next video. Welcome back. We were on part two. It's time for the hot tags of the week. Some different things that have gone down over the past couple days in the world of pro wrestling. Let's talk about them one by one here. Submission Sorority changed their name to PCB due to a porn website. Traffic surged 56% after they announced that. And there was a report that uh, it was um, Bang Bros, I think, owns the thing. They were going to send Vince McMahon like a gift basket as a thank you. PCB, um, fuck that name, right? What was the name again? PCB. PCB? <laughs> Wait, guys, like, fuck you all. When you complain that I'm not paying attention because I'm playing video games, you only have yourself to blame. <laughs> Why is it fucking you so much, the PCB pronunciation? Because Payton said it about 20 fucking times in the last show. What did you say about 20 times? Uh, I think I said PCB, is that what I said? <laughs> Yeah, so everybody help, uh, hate this as much as I do, this whole... It is the fucking worst. They, they would have been better off just going with Team Revolution. Mm-hmm. At least they were just lazy with that. <laughs> this is like they tried to fucking miss the mark so bad. Even worse is when they were structuring it on WWE.com as Team Paige Harlepecky. With no fucking spaces in between it. <laughs> That's not a name for a fucking team. That's just the three people without spaces. Like, I just got done watching fucking Fantastic Four, and that movie ends with them going, oh, we should name ourselves, and all this kind of stupid crap, and that's terrible, and PCB's even worse. That speaks volumes. Some movie's goddamn garbage. But Submission Sisters was another alternative that was being rumored around there. Would you have liked them to go with that instead of PCB, or is that, like, a little bit too blah, or, you know, any alternative names you guys have in mind? Well, Paige was talking about JBL calling them the freak show. Why not? Or they, or they also had all those early allusions to them being the Powerpuff Girls. Do something with that. It'd be better than PCB, right? You know what would have been an awesome team name? The Ring Kings. <laughs> well, they'd have to be the Ring Queens. Ooh. Hottest chicks. That actually world. sounds less dorky than the Ring Kings. <laughs> Uh, Rosa Mendez announced that she's pregnant. That's why we haven't seen her in a while. Congrats. Maybe we won't see her back again, right? Hopefully. <laughs> Any other thoughts on this? I figured it would be a quick one. You said it really fast. I have no idea what you said. Rosa really Mendez. <laughs> Rosa Mendez got knocked up. What you got to say about it? Oh, good for her. Good for the baby. <laughs> I bet that guy's like, ah, fuck. So, Michael Hayes, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, Does that mean the baby's going to be born with, like, a no, rat tail? <laughs> it's just a really long... Nah, I that means they, he's going to uh, have triplets. I think they've hired uh, Sean Boltman to cut that off. Three bird rule. A free bird rule, not three bird. <laughs> three bird rule. Three bird rule. Sounds like something Sean would come up with. 
The three birds. Hey, hey, you know, if I go into a club, it doesn't have at least three birds for every dude. It's the three, I don't bird, know it's the three bird rule. <laughs> now he's starting to turn into uh, Fred Flintstone. <laughs> yeah, my number two is the three bird rule. <laughs> See, I actually felt like I was doing Yogi Bear. <laughs> oh, they're both the same. One eats picnic baskets, one eats uh, fucking ribs. Yeah, I like the part where Yogi Bear goes, Fuck it up! (laughs) That was the deleted scene. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. uh, Scott Hall and Paige joked on Twitter back and forth. Scott Hall was basically like, You you naughty fucking minx. And she's like, Yeah, I like it. And people went fucking nuts over it. Um, obviously they were just kind of messing around or whatever, but there was like this huge, like response of like, this is creepy and that's fucking weird and all this. And I don't know. What do you guys think about this? Just two people goofing off or, uh, is it's like so taboo that it needs to be a fucking story. I Slow was... news day. <laughs> yeah. Good. I really, uh, to be honest with you, I don't get the connection between the two for me to even say that in the first place, but There's I really didn't care. Yeah, but I thought that like, I didn't know if they did like some like project together and they were just like joking about yeah, something or if they actually knew the each WWE. other. <laughs> <laughs> you might have heard of so. it. Well, I watched that um, special that they had up. You know, that's been doing like that Click Week thing. Mm-hmm. They had some documentary up about Kevin Nash, and there was one quick insert of like a backstage thing where they were all goofing around and. Scott Hall was kind of flirting with Paige and stuff like that, and she was just kind of laughing it off, and they were just kind of, you know, typical, like, the old man looks at the hot chick and goes, like, hey, I'd like a piece of that, and she's just like, ah, stop it. You know, like, <laughs> it's just <laughs> nothing at all, and people are, I don't know, like Peyton said, slew news day. Hey, yo. Boobs. The one thing I took away from this, uh, uh, Scott Nash, whenever... Scott Nash. <laughs> whenever Scott Hall... Let's see, whenever he uh, replies to something that he doesn't like on uh, Twitter, he just replies with a simple blow me hashtag, and I just thought it was funny. <laughs> you sure that was on a reply to Paige? Nah, it was. <laughs> Chael Sonnen has Sorry. met with Michael Cole backstage at the SmackDown tapings. There are some reports that WWE might want to try to steal him from GFW before he even really gets a chance to work in that company. Or maybe they're going to try to get him to just sort of appear on WWE Network stuff or, you know, whatever the case may be. Do you guys want to see Chael Sonnen in WWE? And if so, in what capacity? When you say Chael Sonnen, you need to have the man, the myth, the legend Chael Sonnen beforehand. But I will forgive you on this one occasion. Chael Sonnen could do whatever the hell he wants. That man, I worship the ground he walks on. He's fucking witty, hell of a fighter, and WWE would be lucky to sign him. What would you like um, to see him do? Well, I wouldn't mind seeing him get involved in the actual wrestling, but he might be getting up in years to do that, so any talk show segment he could handle. The guy fucking knows how to handle a crowd easy. Ped, what do you think? That's gone. Yeah. <laughs> the cricket's doing it. Yeah, he distracted me, so... That's why he goes cricket, right? And, well, we don't know if it's yours, that's for damn sure. You killed that like a year ago. <laughs> yeah, my crick is pissing me off. <laughs> it's trying to chime in on what it thinks Charles Sonnen uh, should do. Here's the thing, I can't, like, hear it through my headphones, so only you guys are hearing it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I can't I mean, hear it's anything a... else but it. <laughs> <laughs> you run it through Google Translator, and it goes, I think that he would be great as some kind of a talk 
Guys, I want to tag in. Yeah, the only the only MMA asset bigger than her that they can get at this point is Ronda. Uh, get better than him is Ronda Rousey. Bigger than her, and they're in the process of getting them both. It seems. Huh. Problem with Chael Sonnen is that he uh, might not test so well on those drug tests. Eh, who needs drug tests? Triple H doesn't. You think that yeah. they actually give the tests to the people that are doing the non-wrestling stuff? Like, oh hell yeah, dude! Referees have been suspended. I'm gonna put it this way: a guy like The Rock isn't getting tested. Well, the referees I can understand too, but I mean, if you're like Renee Young, do you think that you really have to take it? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I imagine any of like any regular employee gets tested, and not the only people that do it. Plenty of workplaces test. Um, as far as how much, I think it depends on the individual. Uh, like, who's fucking testing Brock Lesnar? No one's going anywhere near that guy. Imagine it came out that Renee Young was taking steroids. That would be so <laughs> fucking weird. <laughs> There was, there was a scenario very similar to that, and I don't think it was Colin Delay, uh, Delaney or whatever his name was, uh, but it was someone with a very similar build. I was like, you are? Ray Mysterio? <laughs> yeah, good point. Hey, I so would be I... so surprised if it was just like, you know, the latest suspension, Rich Brennan has popped for fucking... Uh, Who's, Rich, kind of Who's Rich Brennan? Exactly. Uh, some guy in NXT, commentator. He's the Michael Cole of NXT. Oh. It'd be like that little dude, like that guy's fucking, you know. Like yeah, the sh- next and like uh, thirty day suspension. He comes back later. He's fucking jacked. And he, what? What the fuck's up? The fuck you guys talking about? Look to see before he even left. <laughs> he comes back in thirty days, and he's actually like half the size that he is now because <laughs> he had to clean up. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, like hey. I guess he was juicing. <laughs> hey, shit! That's what happened with Masters. Mm, oh wow! Yeah. yeah, Masters was a huge drop off. Yeah, I was like, all right, he's been suspended for a month. Where's Masters? Poor guy. And then it was like, oh, you're not jacked anymore. We don't have anything for you. And he's like, yeah, but you guys made me. <laughs> I'm leaner and meaner? But look what I learned to do. Pecs. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> it's just George of the Jungle. <laughs> watch, 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 watch. You couldn't do that anymore after he got popped. Like, it's... As soon as he built half the size, he can't even do the nipple bump anymore. It seems like he literally got popped. Like, he was about to explode, and then someone <laughs> popped him. That's, that's what came back after they got him back together. Chris, Chris, Chris. Uh, Masters, watch out for that test. Speaking of people being returning and repackaging and whatever, like, that kind of stuff, Brad Maddox might not be in that beef mode tag team as Brad Maddox. He's changed his name to Joshua Kingsley, dyed his hair blonde, and looks insanely like Eric Bischoff. Silence. For WWE Maddox. needs more job, guys. You know, Brad Maddox wasn't going to go anywhere anyways, so at least this gives him something. He looks different, and I don't think he looks half bad. Like, I saw a picture. He, mm-hmm. God, dude, he looks, for his size, he looks he looks in shape. Maybe he's just trying to steal well, fucking Ziggler's gimmick whilst he's cut his hair dyed again. He better be in shape if he's in a tag team called Beef Mode. <laughs> now, here's the thing. I don't really know what the gimmick exactly is supposed to be for Beef Mode, but I'm looking at him now, and he, he's, he's you know in this tag team where they're supposed to be like two good-looking dudes with towels, and now he just dyed his hair, or bleached it, I should say, blonde. Anyone else starting to get a Billy and Chuck vibe? I was going to say uh, more Heartbreakers, that terrible fucking tag team from Raw. Mm. If you look at the way like he's got like the suspenders and stuff in that one picture, that reminds me a little bit of like a cross between 
the vaudevillains and like the steampunky kind of thing. What? Like, <laughs> where, not, where the hell are you getting this stuff from? Like, you know how like Simon Gotch has that mustache and shit. Yes. The suspenders and the khaki pants that I saw and the white shirt remind me of, like, old strongman. But I saw some other picture that uh, it kind of, like, somebody put the idea in my mind of, like, what if he was trying to go for the steampunk era, but without, like, the steampunk glasses and goggles and shit like that. Like, if they would add more to it over time, because this is brand new. I mean, he just appeared randomly in a dark match, so they're going to add more to it, I'm sure. So when did this rant start? When did what? <laughs> this rant, I'm like a totally lost already. <laughs> yeah, dude, I don't see how you got this at all. He, they're they're doing like a fucking like sexy jock gimmick. I don't know where you're getting all this steampunk I, stuff from. <laughs> not like not super steampunk, but more so on the other side of things, on the the strongman type. I've what? just been hearing that apparently he is supposed to go, turn gay with Ben Rose. So that's all I know. There you go. That's what I'm saying. There's a freaking Billy and Chuck thing going on here. Totally. Heartbreakers. Oh. Billy and Chuck was good. I think like Drew just had a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> well, where would you like to see him make his debut or re-debut or whatever like that? Do you want him to go to NXT or do you want him to just come right up to the main roster with Adam Rose? I wonder uh, what the championship nope. right off the bat. End of year releases. Wherever management feels it is appropriate for him to be. Oh, that's such a cop-out answer. <laughs> I trust WWE. <laughs> well, they're not going to freaking put him on Raw if he's not ready to be. That's why they have NXT. So if he needs some seasoning and him and Adam Rose need some time to, like, you know, figure out some tag team moves and stuff like that, then put him on NXT. Yeah, I think he wants to have some... Um, Plus, you need fill-in tag teams. If you're bringing up... Uh, Enzo and Cass to the main roster. You already brought up Lucha Dragons and Ascension. You're going to need some more tag teams for that NXT roster. Hang on, NXT's remember, got Blake and Murphy. I mean, uh, that's, that's, exactly that's all what they I was need. Uh, we Can't all know speed. that you know nothing beats Shoot Nation and uh, the mechanics. <laughs> Blake and Murphy was a team that, like, I don't think anyone ever expected to be tag team champions down there. So, hey, you never know. The those who can impress people down there. Don't be too surprised if they can somehow become champions in this sort of way. I'm just going to say I mean, the dark days for NXT are right around the corner. <laughs> no, they're going to be fine. NXT's it's only an hour There is show. going to be a quality drop, I guarantee you. Yeah, but, I expected yeah. that for a long time because I knew these guys couldn't stay down there forever. If there was going to be a quality drop, it would have already happened. I would Listen be more worried opinion. about like post-WrestleMania next year. Because by I'm that time, about... I would think Finn Balor, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens wouldn't be really showing up anymore. Um, T. Bruce. Enzo and Cass have got to come up soon. I mean, I don't know what's going on with Brooklyn. They need to snag some more indie darlings because that's what their product's been catering towards the whole time. Well, here's the thing. If they bring people up, some of those people will be going down. So you never know. Some talents from the main roster who just got lost in the shuffle could possibly go down there and shine. You know, that's why I've been with Tyson Kidd. Here's here's the thing. All right. TNA is about to go out of business. Lucha Underground 
is in flux over whether they're going to have another season or not. GFW, who knows whether they're going to get anywhere off the ground. If Chael Sonnen is already being like, well, maybe I should look at something better. <laughs> maybe they can persuade anybody else they want. They are in a very good position right now with a big pool of talent that they can grab from if they need to. NXT is going to be just fine. You trust WWE. <laughs> and then next year, TNA is still in business. <laughs> oh, my God, it better fucking not be. I- I guarantee it will be. I don't think they're gonna. I think they're gonna hang on right to the fucking end. Is there well, still that runs in, right around the corner? Is there still in TNA? Who? Uh, Austin, Austin Aries. Uh, I think he's like a per appearance. If WWE is it everyone WWE a per appearance wants, If WWE wants to snag a really good guy right now, I say they need to go for uh, Adam Cole and Angelico. Those two are fucking awesome. Oh, I got breaking news, guys. Speaking of TNA. It appears they just signed a multi-year deal with Bram. Oh, well, sweet. They're good for, like, you know... Yeah, I guess if they're investing multiple years into Bram, they plan on being around. In in addition, (laughs) Dixie Carter will comment on it later. And it's going to change wrestling forever. (laughs) Another thing is that a fan threw a replica Money in the Bank briefcase at Roman Reigns during a live event hit him square in the head, and he's ejected from live events for good now. He can't go to any more wrestling things, so you know, I guess it was worth it, right? I don't know. <laughs> what do you guys think about this? I mean, obviously we would all agree that it's not a good thing for fans to chuck shit into the ring and hit people, but... How does that work, though? How can they ban somebody? Like, there's a crowd that's pretty fucking big. Can't you just sneak in there? Like, I'm assuming it's more so intimidation tactics. Like, if we ever did catch that he was there, he would get arrested. Mm-hmm. So, like, do you really want to risk it, kind of? Well, they'd get uh, away I with would. It, the know. fucking chances are pretty good. You'd be surprised, because they, they have your names on those tickets and stuff. Uh, that's, yeah, but if you sell them off, or if you buy them off of StubHub, it'd have the uh, person who originally bought the ticket's name on it. Anyway, this is boring. I want to talk more about the fact that Roman Reigns has now officially been crowned the Money in the Bonk winner. (laughs) We were joking before we started recording about the idea that, like, it must have been confusing for Roman Reigns because he's just kind of like, wait, am I the champion being cashed in on? (laughs) What's going on here? Yeah, it was just now snapping back to reality. That's why he was, like, shocked in the corner. Like, "Ah, I've had a headache for this longest time. Jesus. It's like, Seth? What? Sheamus? What? Guys? I'm just saying, this guy is lucky that Roman Reigns is not one of those guys who gets, like, violent when he gets into, like, a situation like that. Because, like, that was Brock Lesnar or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brock Lesnar would have, like, you know, destroyed the barricade and beat the shit out of the guy. Fuck, I'm just saying it's a good job that Earl Hebner isn't refereeing anymore. There's, like, a whole bunch of stories about him just fucking fans up that jump the rail. Wouldn't that be great if he was in the crowd, though? I want to get my job back. <laughs> Yo, Brock, come here. Help me kick this guy's ass. Yeah, maybe he was the one that threw the briefcase in. Yeah, Great, take if he gets this. His, he gets his job back by taking down the guy that uh, assaulted Roman Reigns. <laughs> it's Bret Hart. <laughs> Any other thoughts about uh, the Money in the Bank thing, though? What's, like, the security concerns or, you know... What, how could they have handled it? <laughs> to be fair, though, they handled the situation well. The guy got ejected as soon as he did it, and you know, 
I've seen the videos that uh, people recorded of it. You know, I had no, everyone was pissed off at the guy because they. Why'd they you say really that? Like such a hipster. Going on. I. If you've seen the videos, <laughs> <laughs> I saw it before it was cool. <laughs> Anyways, I lost track, so I'm done. <laughs> Davey, you painted. Ah man, I just want to ruffle Drew's hair sometimes. That Send him on his way. <laughs> uh, SC Scoops is reporting that King Barrett might drop the King gimmick and go back to Bad News Barrett. Is this a good idea? Oh yeah. It's been yeah. a you, I'm not sure that I think he needs to pick the Bad News character back up after SummerSlam. I actually think the King character works a lot better in this whole superhero thing. Sure, but after that, this whole King character has been tainted. Like when you got R Truth going around with a plunger and all that bullshit, it's it's done. That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> now I'm thinking if they make him go back to Bad News Barrett, they have to turn him babyface. That gimmick How would you is turn babyface. That gimmick is a better babyface gimmick, and because of the humor involved with it. Mm-hmm. Um, if if Barrett could, if this was a non PG environment. That's one of the few gimmicks I think would be a much better as a heel gimmick. Yeah, but, he was getting a lot of babyface heat at one point with that gimmick right before they turned him into the king. Because he can't do anything edgy or over the top to make people really fucking pissed off with him. And it's so fun to fucking actually talk along with him and go, bad news. It's right. fucking sweet. So, in the, the freaking pillar? Yeah, and like the pillar. people pop for that. A map. Oh, remember, the I remember the first time he was on it, and he just like kept going up and up and up further into the ceiling. I'm like, oh my god, he's gonna, he's it's gonna be like the freaking thing from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It <laughs> just flies through the ceiling. Do you know what role I actually want to see him in more than a wrestling role? I want him to be the on-screen authority. Like mm. I've got some bad news every time this four guys in a ring tag match. <laughs> you know, it'd be kind of cool is if he sticks around long enough that he can be one of those guest like commissioner roles. He'd be fucking awesome. And you know what? He's, Mick Foley had a gavel, so does he. Yeah. Or did he have a mallet? Oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> Last hot tag that I've got here, John Cena's t-shirt that just came out says 15-time champion on that. Spoils SummerSlam match much? Maybe. It might be one of those things where he's going to wear that shirt. Wait, how long have we got till SummerSlam? Two weeks. Uh, it's not this Sunday, but the next one? Next one. Two weeks. Yep, you see, weeks. I'd say that would be smart if he could like battle the Never Shuts Up t-shirt with the 15 times t-shirt. But I don't think that's a smart idea if he's... Like, if... Ah, fuck. They've done limited run shirts before. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, they could, but... Anybody else think it looks really fucking ugly, too? <laughs> I don't, I, 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 it's on par with any other John Cena shirt. I, mean. I don't think it's as bad. It's not fucking ugly. I mean, I, there's some bad T-shirts. Like the bulldog one was bad. This one's not. Bulldog this one, one isn't that bad. Yeah, there's the bulldog one. one. Bulldog. Uh, it's like 2006. It was a bulldog with like a army helmet on it. So as soon as exactly. you stop wearing black, as soon as you stop wearing black T-shirts, all these designs went to shit. Mm-hmm. See, what I hate about this is it's like that pumpkin orange. I think it's dolphins colors, which I'm not really yeah. sure why. No, dolphins, I mean, dolphins have more of like a bluish thing instead uh, of like that plant yeah. green. I don't know, but he always, I don't know, but he uh, always does well on predictions. You know, Miami Hurricanes, the college uh, <laughs> in Miami, is more like 
like that than the Dolphins, so the Marlins as well. I don't know who snickered at that, but I'm glad that wasn't lost in everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Good old Reddit. All right, well, I think that will tap us out for the hot tags. Uh, Leave those comments below. Tell us what you think about all these different subjects that we ran down here. And uh, take a little break with the rest hold in part three. After that, we're going to come back with the mailbag, so stay tuned. Click on the next part, and we'll see you there. Now that the hot tags are done and over with and cooling down, it's time for us to go into the rest hold. This is the part of the program that kind of acts as a commercial break where I fill you in on everything that you need to be aware of going down in the world of Smarkout Moment and some other A-Mango tree branches for this week. Starting off as always with the outside interference articles, I wrote two up for e-wrestling news. They are kind of uh, hand in hand. The superstars who will make the biggest impact at SummerSlam and the superstars who are missing from the card. Totally MIA on this one. So if you're interested in reading those two articles, you can find them on eWrestlingNews.com if you go to my profile. You can also find links to them on the YouTube description below, on the Facebook and Twitter accounts for Tony Mango and Smarkout Moment, or you can go to the homepage of SmarkoutMoment.com and you will find a little section that says Outside Interference, and underneath that section, those two articles are up, as well as some of the most recent ones. The Smark My Words comment of the week goes to Ross K. Fode. For his comment about the Hulk Hogan situation, after looking at a picture that was posted on the Mega Maniacs, even his mustache looks sad. Horrifyingly sad. But you know what? Hey, that's what happens when you get in trouble by doing a bunch of stupid stuff and getting caught. So thank you to Ross and everybody else who left comments and participated in all the different ways you can tell us to smart your words. Of course, I just mentioned here our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash group slash the Mega Maniacs. That's where we goof off throughout the week. So if you are on Facebook, make sure you sign up for that group. If you happen to be going to a wrestling event any kind soon and you want to show your support for the website, then as part of the Sign Me Up initiative, just bring a sign that says Smark Out Moment to that event, send a picture or a video of yourself to me, and I'll give you a spotlight on the website and on the next episode of Smack Talk. If you want to try to help us out on the monetary side of things, there's three different ways in which you can do that. Patreon.com slash Moment. The PayPal donation button at the bottom of SmartOutMoment.com. And the YouTube channel is a fan funding one, so there's a little module on the right-hand side that says support this channel. If you have any spare change that you can throw our way, greatly appreciated. If you can't, of course, there's other ways that you can help us out by liking, sharing, subscribing, telling your friends, passing it around, all that other kind of stuff. Also send your love to FanboysAnonymous.com, the sister website for SmartOut Moment, where we deal with all the gig culture stuff that we're fond of. You can follow the Facebook and Twitter accounts there. You can check out the articles. And if you're listening to the podcast, you can find them on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube.com slash FanboysAnonymous. And don't forget about the All Talk Show, the most random, haphazard podcast that we have where everything is open for discussion and anything goes. You can listen to that live on MegapowersRadio.com when we sporadically decide to do that. We will always tell you ahead of time on our Facebook page when we decide to do it. But if you can't catch that live, you can always find the archive versions on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube.com slash AllTalkShow. Lastly, if you want to join the Smarkout Moment team as a writer, editor, or something else for that matter, send in your application using the contact form of the website, and I will get back to you with more information as soon as I can. That's it for the rest hold for this week, everybody. We got mailbag coming up in the next section, so stay tuned if you are on iTunes or Stitcher, and if you are on YouTube, all you gotta do, click on part four. We'll see you there.
Welcome back from the rest hold. It's time for us to get into the mailbag for August. I've got a couple questions here from a couple different people. Thank you for sending those in in advance. And let's go one by one here. Answer what you guys have sent in. Mono Apex asks us, if you could pick the soundtrack or opening video package song for WrestleMania 50, what would it be? And he also says thank you. So thank you. Uh, I obviously, like, we don't know what the hell songs are going to come out then, but I went with uh, the old WrestleMania theme. I used to like that old one, the whoa, whoa, WrestleMania, that one, you know, cheesy as fuck, but, uh... <laughs> okay, you kept singing as you went, whoa, yeah, yeah, whoa, you was like, that one, that one, <laughs> that one you know, that right, one was a good song, it was an outro at one point. Ah, we can do it again. Uh, yeah, I like that old one, it's cheesy, and, um, you know, it's way outdated, but at the same time, it's a little bit, like, nostalgic. So, WrestleMania 50, go back to WrestleMania 1. Do that kind of thing. Where if you want to go back to WrestleMania 1 even more, and you want to do the old uh, Easy Lover song, pull that out, too. Why not? What do you guys think, though? I think what they're going to do is they're going to take that song, the WrestleMania song, and probably do some gay-ass dubstep to make it sound terrible. But So, it's going to be the remix of it. True. It's going to be very homosexual <laughs> dubstep. Uh, well, by what? that time, my band, Edward Meat Hands, will have become like, super popular, and we'll probably just do a live performance throughout the whole show. <laughs> throughout the whole show. Yeah. Like, WrestleMania, WrestleMania 50, sucks. <laughs> sparing no expense, Edward Meat Hands, all the time. <laughs> you see? You're fucking buying into it. Yeah, I think the easy answer for this is I don't know a song that's going to be released in 2047 or whatever freaking year that is. It's not that long from now, is it? Well, we're at 32, so 18. Probably years. at 37. Uh, I was I was a bit off, but <laughs> <laughs> somewhere around there. Wait, what WrestleMania is going to be in 2047? I got to know this now. That'd probably, probably be 60 or something like that. Wait a minute, so 2015's got 32, and... Check out uh, Smart Out Moments Smack Talk, where as, as the host oh, try and do Jesus math. Yeah, WrestleMania 64. 64. Oh, wow, that's the one where they could, like, play Mario. WrestleMania. Declan Macri asks us, do you think that you guys will reach a point where we can get an all-talk show every week? <laughs> you hear the shit that we talk about? You wouldn't want it. I hope not. I hope so, but we just don't have the time. We don't have the uh, patience. There's and... a very easy way to make that happen, and that's by every single one of you listeners out there going to patreon.com and finding both the Mega Powers Radio and Smart Out Moment Patreons and giving your money to us. Thank and you, you for... know he's right, because he's using his promotion voice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Thank I you really for covering that so. for me, because that actually is the only way that this pretty much will happen, is if we get enough money where we can set aside more time of our own to be able to do this kind of stuff, pay some people to take some of that stuff away from us, because, you know, we have to not only record the podcast, but we have to make the images for it, we have to edit the posts, we have to do all of it. So we don't have time for that. And uh, if we could get people to pick up the slack and, you know, do that kind of stuff and hopefully even do it better than us, then we'll do it more. But, you know, and having to also, do... Also, if nobody else donates, we're going to have JD on as a regular host member. I'm uh, pretty sure that he'll have his ask own show. The... Tony. No, as JD will be the... Uh... I, I, I did the math, and if every single combined listener of the Raw Post Show 
and Smash Talk committed $25 a month, we would be able to afford a private jet for one day. <laughs> and that day would be awesome footage. <laughs> so yes. go ahead and do that. Well, be the first show on a private plane. I think what we'd have to make the, the private plane show. And then it would be, be you know, the one that the president has. We'd get uh, mailbag questions where it'd be like, when do you guys think you're going to reach a point where you have a private plane show every week? <laughs> All right, let's do the math. <laughs> How many WrestleManias are <laughs> there? Doing a lot of math in this yeah. mailbag. It's the math bag. <laughs> A lot of different <laughs> I imagine some pedophile teacher going, Hi kids, why well, you want to see what's in my math bag? <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> no, but realistically, if everybody who did listen to our shows donated a dollar a month, that might end up making as much of a difference as what we would need to be able to do that kind of stuff. So keep that in mind, guys. PayPal, fan funding channel, uh, or fan funding module on the channel, and the Patreon accounts that we've got. Always, uh, do you want to hear more all talk? For all things, <laughs> yeah. Then, uh, keep and if you don't want to give for that reason, just give for hashtag free pancake hat. Yo, or that. Just give to the Patreon. <laughs> just yeah. to the Patreon. Or you just turn your ad block off, and you know, just uh, watch the videos without them. You know, the huge. And for those that, for some reason, skip over the rest hold and don't know about the Patreon and stuff like that, definitely go check it out because you actually do get rewards in response to whatever you donate. And that can be anything from requesting certain special features that we could do, or if you're somebody who wants to have, like, your own special interview or something like that, then, you know, we'll work with you with different stuff, so. Yeah, and and, and by popular demand, I will go ahead and say, if you are a listener that gives that $25 amount, I will send you the show every single week on cassette Peter mentioned, um, on I think it was the tournament or something like that he said that he would be, might be interested in that so Good old that just be funny to have someone give you a cassette tape <laughs> i don't know if you could week. buy them anyway <laughs> oh this is only good for the continental u.s though i do have to make that clear that's true yeah because shipping fees fuck that shit you'd mm-hmm. buy like a bulk thing yeah. of tapes and uh, people that own the cassette tapes are like yes somebody's buying them again yeah, might consider it if you just send the shipping fee <laughs> So yeah, um, you know, hopefully we will get to a point where we can do an all talk show every week, but uh, kind of depends on you guys. So it's all on you. Uh, Andre Rosa sent a couple questions in. Uh, first question here: When's the last time you had a very outrageous prediction that actually came true, wrestling related or not? I can't remember not wrestling related. And the first thing that comes to my mind, wrestling related itself, is predicting Alex Riley being number two at the Royal Rumble in that year because that was something that was sort of random. And, you know, we had to do our little predictions contest. Miz was a guaranteed number one. Alex Riley came out at number two, and I was just like, oh, dude, if I get fucking number three right and continue this on. Uh, but I had thought our truth would be number three, and he ended up being four or something like that. And I was just like, you fucking bastards. But uh, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. What about you guys? Wrestling-related or not, what's an outrageous predictions you got right? All right, well, I guess I'll go first. Jerry Lawler, diverticulitis. I predicted that. It happened. That same year that Tony predicted that Alex Riley was going to enter number two, I, th- I said that the Miz would enter at number one, so that's pretty crazy, right? You want to know what the scariest prediction is? Someone actually edited the Wikipedia page for Chris Benoit the day before he did the double murder-suicide with the Chris Benoit's dead. 
Really? Yeah. He actually got all his computers seized. It wasn't, like, right when the story broke? No. He got his computer seized and they, like, fucking uh, pounded him about it and just turned out he was being a dick and that happened. It's just the most unlucky fucking thing. Yeah, pretty much. Out of all the people to do that on. Makes huh. you think, though. Don't be a cunt on Wikipedia. Yeah. Don't change we'll wait, Yoshitatsu we'll wait, to uh, Sakuraido. You never know what's going to happen. I thought it changed it to JTG. I don't fucking remember uh, that. That's why you shouldn't use it. <laughs> Peter, what about As you? A, what's an outrageous prediction you got correct? I predicted that Mara Suprema was going to send this question. Ooh. Or is that Andre Rosa. Yeah, I was going to say Andre Rosa. <laughs> so you got it wrong anyway. See, it was a, it was a little foggy, but I did predict the question was going to come. Uh, did that uh, sweet ass fucking psychic radio show help you? <laughs> he had a message from beyond and it said, Ooh, more Supremo is going to submit this. <laughs> oh, I mean, came from no, Andre family. <laughs> Other question from Andre Rosa. That, uh... What is your opinion on some of the Comic Con superhero movie trailers such as Deadpool, Suicide Squad, and Batman v Superman? I loved Batman v Superman, made me a hell of a lot more confident in the movie than anything I've seen beforehand, but I'm very, very nervous that they're going to kill off the wrong Robin, so we'll see. Suicide Squad, again, much, much better than I expected. Joker's tattoos and the shit that's going on with that's a little annoying, but that movie looks a lot better. And Deadpool, eh, you know, I'm, I wasn't as impressed, put it that way. Now, I know that way goes not too much into the superhero stuff, but... Did you check them out? Yeah. Nope. Can't find my fucks. Nope. Think they're to the left? Nah. No fucks? Well, um, I guess I don't have an opinion on this. Hmm. Peyton, what do you think about these trailers? I have not previewed such trailers as I prefer to go into movies with no previous things affecting my thoughts. <laughs> Why are you wording it this way? <laughs> I prefer to go into movies. He's been a company guy. He's been all PC and shit. PCB. Yep. But not PCB. <laughs> oh, fuck me. <laughs> Drew, what are your thoughts on these trailers? Did you check them out? Batman v Superman made me a lot more confident in the movie than before. All right, don't Although... just read my shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's no? Uh, I hate to be the guy, but that's three notes from you, dude. <laughs> oh, you know, that's your answers. Um... He also has another one that you guys probably weren't going to like all that much, though. So speaking of superheroes, what are your favorite and least favorite heroes and villains? Anybody got to toss in there, or am I the only one who's going to answer this? Is it specifically well, you... superheroes? Favorite and least favorite superheroes slash villains. Hmm. Well, I guess I can go ahead and say that I have been walking around for the better part of the last two years with a Batman lip ring. So I think that gives away that Batman is definitely number one by a long shot. I mean, who the hell compares to Batman? Exactly. I don't care. Oh. Someone out there. I don't care. You want to bring up Deadpool. He's a fucking jackass. How about- Wolverine is a fucking roided out jerk. Like, I've, there's no one who compares to Batman. There's one person on his level. Neville. No. He's on the Neville level. Mm. Oh. He's above the Neville level. I don't think you can get yeah. higher than the Neville level. I mean, that fucking cape never came we'll down. See, we'll see, Neville level is like 77, while Batman is like 79. <laughs> Why are we having this fucking conversation? <laughs> Batman's clearly the best, though. Cool. Um, yeah. 
And the best villain is obviously the Joker. Damn right. I mean, holy shit. Like, there's no better villain and hero pairing. There's just none. Like, and, and as a person who's just really not that much into that stuff, like, those are the only ones I've ever just fully connected, understood why these guys battled, what they were doing against each other. It was grounded enough in reality to be into it, yet also mystical and fantastical enough to be escapist and fun. Like, it, it's just perfect. They're fundamentally just amazing characters. Mm-hmm. Like, if there wasn't a superhero genre and you still had Batman and Superman, and uh, not Batman and Superman, Batman and Joker, in just like a noir or something like that, like, it would be fucking amazing. I like the pairing of Superman and Lex Luthor a lot, but that can get really, like, cheesy. Spider-Man's a great character, but he can be taken in the wrong direction and stuff like that. And, of course, there's terrible ones. I mean, Andre was asking us, our least favorite stuff. I'll bring out some terrible, terrible characters they've had over the years. Matter Eater Lad. <laughs> Arm fall off boy. Yeah. Well, uh, my favorite superhero is the uh, TV series version of the Arrow. The which only is cooler super- than the normal Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. But you've got, like, uh, Condiment King, fucking Hypno Hustler, and Big Wheel. Like, there's no shortage of terrible comic book characters. I think the Condiment Queen was better. I used to play bass for Condiment Queen. Condiment Queen. Yeah, it was, yeah. We mostly just covered Queen songs. <laughs> My yeah, favorite. Because uh, we're condiments. We did you guys it. cut the mustard? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it just keeps going. And on and on and on. <laughs> My favorite superhero is uh, the Hurricane. Well, I don't that want to relish fun. too much on this concept. <laughs> is, well, uh, just waiting for the rest of these guys to catch up to us. <laughs> yes, I was hoping somebody would follow that up with a catch. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, last question here from Morris Supremo that Peyton had predicted. Uh, my question to you is, what is the move and finisher that when you see it, it looks like it doesn't hurt at all? <laughs> Tons of them. <laughs> The overdrive, that fucking awful move that MVP and Randy Orton and probably a bunch of other scrubs used in the past where they put the fucking leg over their head and kind of fall forwards. That is so bad. No, that is one of the worst. The beginning. That's pretty bad. Beginning looks like it would hurt a lot more than that. It's pretty bad, but it's believable that they could fucking hit their face off the floor. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember when we first started doing that. We were just talking about how like he, it, it looked like it hurt the knees more than anything else because that was always the first thing that hit. Finger poke of doom. Yeah, he figured it out more as it went on. Um, so joke answer the worm because that yeah, doesn't look true. like it hurts in the slightest bit at all. Uh, but if, if we're talking about present day stuff, especially to John Cena's STF, just fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. It's it awful. Sucks. First off. The faces he makes looks like it's hurting him more than them. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> like he's like, he's like, ah, oh my god! In fairness to him, the last, his head. the last one he did, he fucking cinched up on. He did do very good that last one on Seth Rollins. He did, but for the most part, he's always so like, like wow. cu- cuddling them. Like he's just like more leaning on them. They're like completely flat on the ground. Like he's he doesn't even have his arms fully around them. They're usually more up around like where their nose is, and like it it just looks awful. That and, move, and a lot of actually uh, some different submission moves, they look like they're more of what a chiropractor would do to help you than anything that would hurt. Uh, well, and, and you know what the most egregious thing about this is? Is that he's a main eventer, and this is one of his main finishers. I almost feel like he uses that more 
than the attitude adjustments than to finish the matches. He and definitely did for 06. I know that. When you like see those like top lists they do for like submission specialists, you know they always put John Cena on there, and that's bullshit because mm-hmm. he's fucking terrible with that move. And like, what else has he done? Like, he did a crossface once in a while. And that's like so similar to it, but just enough of a difference where it looks like it can hurt. Mm. Accolade is another uh, one to me that doesn't look like it really would hurt. It hurts, I would think, more that he's sitting on you than anything. And he's really not sitting on you either. So, like. Okay, Summer Ray's accolade? Yeah, that'd hurt. Fucking Bruce yeah, yeah. Can we call that the Raccolade? <laughs> yes. Yes, we can. Am I weird if I say that I don't believe that people's elbow hurts that much? Well, have you ever taken a people's elbow? I would I think like that um, would hurt more than me, a lot of other things. Let me drive my elbow into your chest. Yeah. No, see, no, Wago, it doesn't fucking matter if you do it. See, it has to be The Rock doing it, and he has to throw his elbow pad into the audience. Oh, that's what gives it the superpower. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. My bad. Sorry. It's a whole chi thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've always hated the wasteland. Always that see, was when he like moves his arm backwards and forwards, that separates the bad from the good chi. And then he it's, channels it when he bounces off the ropes. It, it's kind of like when Wade Barrett does the bull hammer. He can't just like do it while he's got the black elbow pad on. Which makes me wonder, why doesn't he just come out with the red elbow pad? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, just yeah, don't wear weird. that and just nail somebody. Like, really, realistically, if this was real and for some reason you can suspend your disbelief enough to say that every finisher is like, they've mastered that so much that it really will knock you out in one shot, everybody should just immediately try to go for that finisher. <laughs> Right, and you would see matches where, like, you know, it's like ding, 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 and Shawn Michaels just starts trying to kick immediately. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. Except for when they do that, where like when Sheamus and Daniel Bryan did it at WrestleMania, everyone throws a shit fit. Right, I and left my ass off on that. I loved when, that when Triple H and Orton did it. That was fucking sucked. But like, really, like you know, any time that anybody gets a chance to pick somebody up and they've got a move where they throw somebody down from that position, they should always be doing their finisher. Do you know what moves uh, like? This the one move that makes someone look fucking stupid is Big Show. The the move w- Big Show, the WMD. Just punch him. Yeah, like, he really should just like you. he should charge at everybody, and he's so fucking big that he can't go anywhere, and then he just nails him in the face, and it's the end of it. You're oh. holding someone in the corner and chopping them. Just punch them. <laughs> when he came in, came out the other week to do it to the Miz, he wasn't even fully over the ropes when he fucking punched out Miz. Mm-hmm. It's like, what's stopping him from doing it any other point in the match? Like, half the time, he doesn't even reel up on it, so I don't... Uh, fuck the big show. See, the thing is, he doesn't do the scream in matches. Oh, uh, he he's got to do the charge-up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Imagine how horrible that punch would be if he had an elbow pad that he could take off before he... <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, a lot of these finishers, they, they look like they wouldn't hurt at all. The submission ones are definitely something that stands out to me, but... The Cobra. Oh, yeah, of course, the Cobra. <laughs> I don't know, the uh, surfboard definitely doesn't look like it would hurt. Are you kidding? That looks horribly painful. Mainly, I don't know, whenever... Dana On your Bryan shoulder it, joints and stuff? That looks like it's more painful than most other moves, I would yeah, think. Yeah, are you kidding? I don't know. Eh, I'd never take a one. I, I wouldn't know. Way go. What? Does, does it hurt? Find Drew, it. I don't even think you would have the balance to do a surfboard. I could probably take one. 
Yeah, Yo, you know what's even worse when they do the surfboard, and then I think it's like Daniel Bryan does it after they do that. Then they just start like pulling your neck back. Mm-hmm. That looks like it. Oh my god. Oh yeah, the actually. That, well, stuff like that was actually made for to use on guys that aren't selling enough. To like hurt them yeah. enough where they are forced to. Yeah, pretty much. It's the same with um, you know the fucking move that Collie used to use where he grabbed their shoulders. Well, the fucking veterans used to just dig their fucking nails into your muscles and make you scream. Mm. Had that done to me, it's, like, fucking horrible. Now, something like that seems like it would fucking hurt. You know, Kali's got huge fucking hands. Fun fact, like, people don't think the mandible claw should hurt. So a guy named Joey Legend was teaching a class, and he went, Oh, you don't believe uh, the mandible claw will work? Fucking grabbed this guy's mouth, popped all the blood vessels in his mouth. Uh. That what always kind of threw me off about that though is they could just bite down. Then it's like ah, my fingers. Yeah, true. That's why he had the guard on his hands. Oh, yeah, true. Same thing. Same with the sock. Like, the sock. That's what the sock was for, Mr. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not gonna bite down on a sock, especially a dirty sock. Yeah. Yeah. How bad is yeah, that for the people that had to take that, pants. knowing that it was down his pants? Like <laughs> you know, you can kind of like. You know, obviously, when you're doing, like, dirty deeds and stuff like that, like, you're not ramming your head into the fucking ground and stuff. You're just selling, but you don't have to sell when it comes to that. Like, that's down that dude's pants. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and say, based on the stories I've heard backstage, I'm sure it's not the first time someone's had a ball sock in someone's mouth. <laughs> Sunny days. Uh, what other things? <laughs> I'm going to the list of the roster right now, and I don't even remember some of these people's finishers. Like, the hell's uh the fucking Heath Slater's? Uh, he does like a payday type thing. He should do it outrageous. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> a much. <laughs> yeah, the pedigree doesn't look like it hurt too much. What? Do Los Los Matadores have a finisher? Yeah, they have that thing where they um basically kind of do like a Samoan drop with both of them. Now, oh, in so. fairness to that statement, the modern day pedigree done by Triple H does not look like it hurts because you can put your hands down to protect your face. Back when he used to actually hold their fucking arms behind the back, it looked great. Back when he broke that dude's fucking neck, it really looked like it was oh painful. Oh, my God. That was not Triple H's fault. The guy thought it was a fucking, um... Like a power bomb. Like a tiger something or other. Pro River Plunge. He was jumping for a power bomb. <laughs> the PRP. You're just trying too hard <laughs> Uh, who other people do we have? I mean, like, you know, a lot of things, they look like they would hurt. Even as something as simple as, like, a splash. Like, some dude's jumping on you. That It's gonna take the wind out and stuff, but... What was uh, there Rowan's finisher? I bet the stink face would oddly hurt. Yeah, of course it does, man. He's, like, rubbing your nose, getting caught in all those divots in his ass. <laughs> I don't yeah. know that, that finisher. Hmm. hmm. I don't know, but Hurricane is just fucking kill, man. I can tell you that much. Yeah, the way they have to take that forward roll. Yeah. It's terrible. I, fit, mm, I know a finisher I'd never want to take, and that would be a clothesline or a spear from the right person. There's one person I wouldn't want to take a clothesline from. Fucking JBL. Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. He Luke Harper's could look vicious sometimes. Older JBL, not older JBL like his age, but back in the day when he was in the APA, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> he fucking walloped people. That's like, I would rather take 
you know, like an attitude adjustment. I'd rather take an RKO. I'd rather take so many that are like supposed to be even more vicious finishers than a fucking clothesline. So I'd rather you know take the, the job to John Cena than take this clothesline you know from JBL. You know what that's about? He's like, I can hit you hard as I want because I'm going to win and you can't give me a receipt. Just fucking tag the guy. JBL's meant to be an asshole. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah. He's meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> he was built to be an asshole. God's sitting there going, all right, this is your plan for life. Asshole. <laughs> And he drive a car and shit. Well, what the fucking hell's Joey Styles' purpose then? <laughs> to shout God's name. Alright, so this topic's fucking dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, you know, pretty much all the Divas finishers that were back in the day, they looked like they didn't hurt at all. Yeah, now they've gotten some better slap. ones. Yeah, there's much better ones now. Like that, um, the PTO, that looks like that could hurt. Did Ivory ever have a finishing win? Uh, she did some kind of submission. Maybe. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't remember. I actually don't remember a lot of the finishers that the women used to have. Like, what was Ashley Massaro's? Uh, the roll-up. That's what most of them had. The majority of the damn Divas finishers. But yeah, now they actually have, like, finishers Multiple that you could actually call even. out. Like, Nikki's got the rack attack. All these new divas had their submission finishers. Each um, Fox has that scissors kick. She used to use a kneeling face buster and a Samoan driver. I always used to like Gil Kim's finisher. That eat defeat. Oh, where she like pulls backward and you kind of get like a... Uh, she pulls your arm and like her foot goes right in your face. Do you, know who's, curb stomp. <laughs> do you know whose finisher looked fucking sweet? Especially on that time that it like made it so Christy Hemi could never wrestle again. Her karma's finisher. Jesus Christ. She flattens women. Yeah, that legit was dangerous. <laughs> yeah, a lot of different finishers. Uh, voice cracked like hell there. A lot of different finishers don't look like they. A lot of different well. finishers. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, everybody, leave your comments below. Answer these questions back. Leave us uh, your thoughts on all the different subjects, you know, finishers, and the WrestleMania song, and everything in between there. All the superheroes and whatnot. And uh, check out that Patreon as we were talking about. We've got one more main event to talk about for this episode. We're going to do a little retrospective on SummerSlam. So stay tuned. Click on part five. We'll be right back. Welcome back. We just did the mailbag and it's time for us to do our other special feature for this episode. A little wrestling with the past retrospective of SummerSlam in general. Obviously the pay-per-view is going to be coming up real soon. And I was trying to think of something that we could do this week and... Thankfully, no crazy stories happened, so we didn't have to talk about, you know, a wrestler died or, like, uh, some big scandal or whatever. And, uh, you know, what better time to do a wrestling with the past? We haven't done one of those in a while. So we're just going to kind of sit back and talk about some of our favorite memories, our favorite matches, some of the best things that have happened on the pay-per-view in the past 25 years and attractions and whatnot. And I'm uh, just going to kick this right off right now. What do you guys think about the old Undertaker versus Undertaker match? 1994 SummerSlam. Fun. It was a fun concept for its time. Wouldn't work now, but at the time, TV quality was shitty enough where it worked. Sure, they could do that now. They just did it with Kane a number yeah. of years ago. Yeah, that was and they, great. And they did it with uh, Sin Cara's. Mm-hmm. They, they, they bust that story out once in a while. And it was fun. You know what especially was fun about that? Was the fact that they got Leslie Nielsen on the Yes. Case. 
Naked Gun is one of my favorite comedies of all time. Like, if it's not my number one favorite, it's got to be number two or number three. And having him walk around backstage and do that kind of shit is amazing. But it was cool to have, like, Ted DiBiase, you know, I've got the real Undertaker, and Paul Bearer's like, fuck you, I've got the real one, and shit, like, uh, you know, a weird match, and it was, um, Chains, I think, from DOA, was the one who was the fake Undertaker? Uh, Brian Lee? Brian Lee, yeah, it was. I think his name in Disciples of Apocalypse was Chains, because 8-Ball was the bald guy, and I don't remember who the other guy was. Skull? something i don't know fuck those guys but uh i always thought that was a pretty cool concept and back in 1994 it was a cool way to like have undertaker take his time off and then come back and do something really big and important you know another undertaker match that comes to my mind when i'm thinking SummerSlam: boiler room brawl 1996 against mankind that match was fucking great too oh yeah that's a great SummerSlam in general um, that match was on there, main event of Shawn Michaels and Vader, the peak of the summer of Shawn and one of his biggest people that he had to go against yet. Literally really and figuratively. Mm-hmm. One of my, I think um, Bret Hart versus um, British Bulldog took place at SummerSlam, didn't it? That match was fun. That was 92. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a rich. Fun, yeah, like, check that match out. It's very interesting, too, because Bret actually had to call the match, which he normally doesn't do. Um, just because of how coked up and fucked up British Bulldog was. And that was so weird for that to go on last. And that, you know, huge ovation for that. And then, of course, it kind of fizzles out and doesn't end up being really worth it all that much in the end. But very cool seeing that happen. I'm sure that all the people there were just, like, going fucking bonkers with uh, British Bulldog winning the title there. But if you look back at, like, the really the older ones... I don't know, I mean, back in the day, I'm sure they were amazing, but I can't really sit and watch them. Like, I was going to actually go back and watch the first SummerSlam two nights ago. I was just like, do I really want to sit through, like, these tag matches and stuff? And Especially when it comes to 89 with uh, Zeus and Randy Savage. <laughs> like, I'm not watching this and Bruce oh, Zeus is great. Uh, I don't think I would look back on that match and enjoy it too much. Well, maybe you should actually watch it and find out. You're giving it the Seamus effect. Oh, if Seamus was fucking in that match, that'd be even terrible. <laughs> what about if it's Seamus versus Zeus? Seamus and Brutus Beefcake versus Zeus and fucking Kali or something. <laughs> or just I, replace Hogan with Chris Axel. My favorite SummerSlam match isn't the best match, but I love the story going into it. And it was 2002, uh, the non-sanctioned match with Shawn Michaels versus uh, Triple H. It was Shawn's first match back, and no one knew if he was going to be the same Shawn Michaels. And he ended up being better than the old Shawn Michaels. And his performances just got better and better and better. That was a cool match. And really, it was a good way for him to just kind of be like, you know what, I'm good like i'm not going to come back with a ton of ring rust it's not going to be a fake version of Shawn michaels i can't do shit you know just like man that must have been so great for him like he didn't miss a beat and it just goes to show like how scary good he was was that when he had just the jeans on or was that when he had that brown no, set of was, pants no uh he wore the, the jeans pants was elimination chamber oh, okay yeah he wore jeans and a weird t-shirt with some gym logo on it and yeah, then I wore those ugly brown fucking tights and had really awkwardly short hair during the Elimination Chamber. 
Yeah, that that was a terrible look right there. Yeah, the jeans are even better. I think that's like his low as far as appearance goes. Speaking of Shawn Michaels, another one of my favorite matches from SummerSlam is from 1995. His rematch for the Intercontinental title with the the ladder match against Razor Ramon. Mm. That was a really good match. I actually kind of prefer that one to the WrestleMania 10 one. Well, I think the WrestleMania 10 is very overrated, but what it has over of is storytelling, as opposed as opposed to what we have now in ladder matches, where it's just spot fest, spot fest, spot fest. Yeah, there was like a legitimate reason for them to do that, and for them to do the SummerSlam one, it was like, all right, well, kind of like let's pay it back and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what Shawn Michaels' opus at SummerSlam is. It was against Hulk Hogan. I yes. fucking love that match. <laughs> that like, is one of the funnest matches to watch. You know what, though? Him overselling Hulk Hogan didn't make it less enjoyable in the moment. It was No, just, it made it better. Yeah, it was so over the top. Mm-hmm. And Hogan is so over the top. It was a parody of Hulk Hogan. It was a full parody of a Hulk Hogan match. It was basically like, you know how like 80s action movies by like the late 90s had gotten to this point where everything was just so fucking ridiculous and like just for laughs? That's what the Hulk Hogan match had become. I wish that I was watching at this time to be able to see that live. And the thing oh, is, if anyone was selling him legitimately, it would have been near as fun. But no. the fact that Sean did what he did, because it's hard to make a guy like that entertaining, so you've got to be entertaining. Man, that match is fucking great. It, from the very beginning of it, it's just like... I don't know. It's a great way to just kind of shut your brain off and just be like, this is so fucking dumb. People say they didn't like that heel Shawn Michaels run because it wasn't as edgy, but I thought he was at his cuntiest then. He was great. Shawn Michaels has so many great uh, moments from SummerSlam. I'm looking at a list of some different topics I prepared ahead of time. Bret Hart and Undertaker 1997. Shawn Michaels is a special guest referee. Mm-hmm. That Pivotal sets up moment. the eventual first Hell in a Cell match. I know, I know it's not SummerSlam, but there is one from that era, Shawn Michaels, like, late yeah, heel era. There's one thing that I think he did, which was fan-fucking-tastic. Have you guys seen the Raw where he fakes Bret Hart returning? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> he's he in Montreal has, or something like that. Yeah, and he has the music playing, he reacts and just starts laughing. It's great. <laughs> he fucking bought it hook, line, and sinker. But I mean, shit, you go back to 1997, you watch that match, that was a great way to transition Undertaker holding the title to Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. Fucking spit in the face, turns around, nails Undertaker by accident with the chair, and has to count the pinfall, and he's Just all pissed. all the things that play there, too, and think of all, all those roads eventually led to two very big things. One of them, the Montreal Screwjob at Survivor Series that year, and eventually... At Royal Rumble, the casket match where Shawn Michaels breaks his back, nearly ending his career for good. And as you mentioned before, the introduction of Hell in a Cell. All be, all coming out of that match. That is one of the most historically significant matches of all time. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a good match too, from what it I can is. remember. In it's a fantastic way, match. In some way, I'm actually glad Shawn did get that injury to his back because I think it fucking set him straight. Oh, he, he, he might have died if, if he didn't get it. Not mm-hmm. to mention, like, you know, all the stars that we got out of that 98, 99, 2000 period, who knows how many of them would have been held back if Shawn Michaels was still playing the game backstage. Mm-hmm. Like, I love Shawn Michaels, but he was a cunt. Mm-hmm. And you never know if maybe somebody like Stone Cold would have gotten pissed because he couldn't have gotten that spot. Maybe he makes the 
to jump over to WCW and they end up fucking winning. Well, speaking of people holding spots, so to bring this back to SummerSlam, I, I have a topic I'd like to bring up about SummerSlam. Shoot. All right. Tell me if you notice a pattern here. Two thousand five. I have. Okay, no, it isn't. <laughs> 2005, in the co-main event, John Cena versus Chris Jericho for the WWE title. 2006, in the main event, Edge versus John Cena for the WWE title. 2007, main event, John Cena versus Randy Orton for the WWE title. 2008, in the co-main event, Batista versus John Cena. 2009, in the co-main event, Randy Orton versus John Cena for the WWE title. 2010, John Cena leads Team WWE against Team Nexus in the main event. 2011, CM Punk versus John Cena for the undisputed WWE title with Triple H as the special guest referee. 2012, CM Punk versus John Cena in the big show in a triple threat. 2013, Daniel Bryan versus John Cena for the WWE title. 2014 Brock Lesnar versus John Cena for the WWE title. I am not seeing He lost every match. No, he 2015 didn't. John Cena Sound- versus Seth Rollins in the co-main event. He won the one 2005 and he like- WWE versus Nexus. Oh, he did. Yeah, that's the time he fucked over Nexus. I thought you were going to bring up another pattern that's in that range, actually. And mm. it's uh, 2010, you had Big Show... Versus the Straight Edge Society. So Big Show mostly against Punk. Mm. 2011, Punk against Cena. 2012, Punk against Cena against Big Show. <laughs> it was like, Punk and Cena and Big Show are all three years in a row. It was just kind of like, let's just throw these guys together. Hmm. The show's Big Show stay in power. Yeah, he's pretty big, so. Yeah, no one can move him. <laughs> Ten years uh, straight, pretty much, for John Cena ridiculous absolutely ridiculous and it's you know I, I i understand the haters but at the same time it's like you can't blame them for this you know like he's being shoved down our throats more than any of our like top guy mm-hmm. and that is an accurate statement i don't care what people say rock's run was not that long austin's run on top was not that long hogan had a long run but he was also faded into obscurity over time and I mean, I've been liking what John Cena's been doing the past couple of months and stuff, mm-hmm. but looking at that list, can you guys remember any of them that really stood out as good? Other than maybe like, you know, the John Cena, Daniel Bryan was good, the John Cena, Brock Lesnar was entertaining. CM Punk and Cena, Cena, Cena Punk was and, solid. Yeah, Punk and Cena was an important uh, match like that. I but bet his match was good. He said he wrestled Edge, I bet that was good. All yeah, Edge and Cena, all. all their matches they had that year were good. He might have had a good one with Orton because not all of them were stinkers. Wait, was the 2005 the triple threat between Cena, Jericho, and Christian? Or was uh, it just Cena no, and that that was. I think that was at Armageddon. This was just Cena and Jericho, which I don't remember being like amazing, but I don't think it was bad. Because mm. I think like the Nexus one, the most important part about that whole thing is Daniel Bryan returning. Oh yeah, nothing about John Cena. He looks so different back then. Like, have you ever gone back and checked that clip? He's, like, just a different human being. His yeah. body's different. His hair is different. Are we talking about Cena or Brian? Brian. Cena yeah, fucking oh, Cena. the same for 10 years. Yeah, Cena just gets bigger head. Like, the only thing that changes on Cena is his head veins get bigger. And the color of his shirt. Yeah. Which now it's puke pumpkin color. Uh... When it comes to uh, older ones kind of bouncing around here all over the place, 
Um, what do you guys think is like kind of the best, I guess you would say, main event that they had from New Generation and before that? Is it something like the Mega Powers and the Mega Bucks where you don't need to have the title on the line? Or is it something more along the lines of like, uh, what was it? It was Diesel against Mabel, I think, after King of the Ring, like that kind of a shit, you know? <laughs> Obviously, I don't expect anybody to pick that one, but. Well, actually. <laughs> I wasn't going anywhere with that. I mean. <laughs> I, I think you have to go with the 1992 SummerSlam match of Bret Hart and Bulldog. A lot of those early SummerSlam matches were actually really bad. In fact, looking at all of them going through the Hogan run, not very good. Actually, Warrior and Rick Rude was a very good match they had in that steel cage. But all the Hogan ones, I'm looking at this, like Hogan and Warrior against Slaughter, Mustafa, and General Adnan with a special guest referee as Sid Justice. <laughs> that, that that just that's just got like the fly swimming around the text on Wikipedia here. Adding like, on, adding on some terrible television. Oh my god, that fucking Yokozuna Lex Luger atrocity. <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking celebrating the count out victory like he just fucking like yes, won the title, the title of WrestleMania. Do you say anything top SummerSlam two thousand two? Was the main event for that one? As far as main events or like the show overall? Show overall. That was uh, Brock Lesnar vs. The Rock. I actually don't think I've seen that pay-per-view. What else is on the card? Um, It's Brock vs. The Rock, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Undertaker vs. Testable People, uh, Rob Van Dam and Benoit, The Un-Americans vs. Goldust and Booker T, Edge uh, and Eddie, uh, Ric Flair and Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle, Rey Mysterio, and I think there was a pre-match for Heat for Spike Dudley for Stephen Richards. Which, mm-hmm. I don't so know. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say there's at least two of them that are better than that one. I'm going to say 2000 or 1998 are my two favorites. I, I would probably go at 1998 at the top, but 2000 is up there too. 1998, actually a very easy contender for one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time. You got Undertaker versus Austin in the main event. You got freaking Triple H and The Rock in a ladder match for the Intercontinental title while these guys are climbing up, becoming a huge thing. You got the fucking oddities are on the show. <laughs> it's just a really, really fun show. Who did the uh, oddities face? Was it like um, um, Rayquist or something? No, it was Kai and Tai. Kai and Tai? Yeah. You see, SummerSlam 2000, I always thought was a two-match card. I didn't think much of like the main event, but Obviously, the tables, letters, and chair match was always fucking awesome, and um, and Chris Je- the Chris Benoit versus Jericho. They had a two out of three falls match, which was fucking sweet. Was two thousand one where the evasion sort of line was still going on? Yo, that, yep. that that triple threat main event is probably the best triple threat match of all time. <laughs> it's great. Eh. Go back and rewatch it. It's fucking all right, fantastic. I'll rewatch it. I I might have not given it justice. All right, we're going to pause the podcast real quick while you can rewatch <laughs> Yo, and fucking Steve Blackman versus Shane McMahon, dude. Oh, shit, that's the one when he came off the Titantron, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> oh, fuck, I forgot about that. Man, he got... That was fucking scary. Yeah. The Heidi drop from. There's a reason why they keep using that as, like, one of those go-to clips. They're just like, yeah, we don't do this kind of shit anymore because we're smarter than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, Shane left, so... Yeah. No one else is stupid enough to do it. 
so yeah, 2000 is definitely a contender for the best SummerSlam of all time, in my opinion. Yeah, you've made a strong case for it. Is there anything that stands out to you guys for non-match moments that have happened at SummerSlam? Nothing immediately. Yeah, nothing's coming out of my mind that's like, oh, wow. Besides the whole, like, Leslie Nielsen thing. Right. Like, I I tried thinking, of course, I wasn't, you know, I didn't have enough time to watch 26 pay-per-views. But uh, I was doing a quick, like, rundown of what they were, and I I couldn't think of anything that stood out, like... Which um, is a shame, because they just spent, like, a six- or seven-year period where they did it every year in Los Angeles, because they wanted to, like, put all this celebrity involvement into it and shit. There's probably stuff that we're totally missing out on, and afterward we'll be like, oh, damn, the, the one thing that happened, or, you know, but, like, I don't remember any, like, particularly significant promos that have happened, or, like, um, celebrity spots or something like that, and it, it's got to be just my memory fading. I bet The Rock said something funny once. Probably... I'm trying to think of maybe something that happened with, like, Miss Elizabeth, or, like, um... Maybe something that like Austin did with a celebrity or something. Like I, I don't know. Like something had to have happened. I mean, it's SummerSlam. It's supposed to be the second biggest pay per view of the year. If you want to talk about fun entrances? Fucking DXs with the tank and shit. Oh, that was at SummerSlam. Yeah, they did like a big fucking. I think they got back together for SummerSlam. That was a cool entrance. That was against um Cody and New- Ted, right? Yeah. I almost called him the New Day for some reason. Well, that's how their theme went. Oh, that's right. Okay, that made sense. I'm not crazy. So one really, really significant thing happened at a SummerSlam. Owen Hart dropping Stone Cold Steve Austin on his head. And then WWE dropped him on his head. Circle of life. Uh. Yeah. That was I mean, gonna be the, that that had the weakest roll up in professional wrestling ever. Like, like, I, wouldn't have, I, I wouldn't have even like I would have kicked out of that. I would have been too embarrassed to take it. I would have like preferred to slip on a banana peel. Many <laughs> <laughs> healthy employees. That completely altered Steve Austin's career, though. Yeah. It completely changed his style. Yeah, he went from like a decently technical wrestler to a brawler, but I think that style also fit his character better. Yeah, I mean, who knows if he would have caught on if he was still doing that old style. Because the ringmaster certainly wasn't fucking working out. That was a weak uh, roll-up, though. I mean, you can't blame him, but still, it's like... It's got to be one of the weakest finishes to a match ever. Like, like Owen's one of those guys that... Well, I imagine he's like one of those guys, considering how Brett is. uh, He's like big on everything being technically sound. I'd feel embarrassed taking that pinfall. I'm surprised he didn't just kick out. No, oh, because he just injured somebody. Like, <laughs> you can't be like a dick at that point and be like, "Not, not good enough. Get the fuck up, Steve." <laughs> like, oh man, that would have been an awesome gimmick. I mean, you know, <laughs> I know he laughed about his neck breaking, but like, if you went like legit with it. So I'm looking at WWE.com's list of the greatest moments from SummerSlam. And they've got some odd things that they've listed here. Uh, the first thing they put up is Ultimate Warrior demolishes Honky Tonk Man ending the 18-month Intercontinental Championship reign. Of course, that makes perfect sense. That mm-hmm. was monumental. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a big deal. I totally forgot about that. But the one that they follow it up with is Miss Elizabeth rips off her skirt to distract the Megabucks. 
Oh yeah, that was a big deal. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I'm like, what? Okay, well, actually, no, it was because think about <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, back in 1988, I mean, yeah, think about it, man. You barely had women around at all, and if they did, they were like freaking fabulous moolah. You know, they they weren't like freaking darling princesses like Miss Elizabeth, and they weren't doing like you know divas calendar shoots like they do all the damn time now. Like she came out in her full dresses. And, like, so for her to rip off a piece and show some, like, leg or, like, you know, her, her panties or something, like, that's a big deal. That's a sweet ankle right there. <laughs> yeah. Look at the gams on that one. <laughs> the gams on that gal. What else do they have here? Uh, Legion of Doom helped the Heart Foundation defeat Demolition to win the World Tag Team title. Okay. Mm. <laughs> oh, Virgil beats Ted DiBiase for the Million Dollar Championship. Yeah, that went somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After losing a jailhouse match to the Big Boss Man, the Mountie is carried away in a paddy wagon and sent to jail. Oh, hell yeah. That's a great thing. I remember that. I can't believe I didn't think about that. That was a really, really fun thing they did. (laughs) What an odd time where they've got an American cop and a Mountie. (laughs) And they could actually do a match like that. Was 1991 when Nails was still around? Ooh, he wrestled at a SummerSlam, didn't, didn't he? Wrestle against the Undertaker at a SummerSlam, something like that. Yeah. You know who had a fantastic SummerSlam match with the Undertaker? Kamala. <laughs> oh, God. You mean that Where's... guy with the banana on his chest? <laughs> I fucking love that story. <laughs> Jerry, why do you paint a banana on my stomach? Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Oh, shit. Of course, I was sitting there going, "Well, you know, there's got to be some kind of a moment with Miss Elizabeth." The marriage. Oh, a match made in heaven. <laughs> no wonder I couldn't fucking... I was like, there's got to be something here. It's that. You know, like the biggest thing that Miss Elizabeth has ever done. Yeah, I wouldn't call that it. But... Oh, there are those uh, those gams. <laughs> yeah, man. Also, there's those photos that Ric Flair had. <laughs> what? You don't know about those photos that Ric Flair had? I'm drawing a blank on that one. Oh my gosh. Wago, you know about the photos, Ric Flair. Yeah, I've seen the pictures. It's uh, Ric Flair and fucking Miss Elizabeth by a swimming pool, I think. No, the pictures never got released. See, that was the deal. Ric Flair was threatening to release him if Macho Man didn't beat him at SummerSlam. Or if Macho Man didn't give him the title match. That's what it was. And then Macho Man did give him the title. We never got to see the pictures. It's one of the biggest letdowns in wrestling history. <laughs> we don't know who raised the briefcase, and we never got to see those pictures of Miss Elizabeth. It's all the same I, person. The same person I, who attacked Vince McMahon with the McMahon, McMahon's millions. <laughs> Yo, Ric Flair is, like, really hard on money right now. He's been selling all of his robes and stuff. He should sell those damn pictures. <laughs> Man, I don't remember this part of that story. It was the main event of WrestleMania 8, dude. <laughs> I, I literally do not remember that at all. And Ric Flair is always dropping to IRS. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what the other things that we have on this list that we didn't go over already. Uh, Bret Hart refuses to release the sharpshooter, giving Jerry Lawler the win in 1993. What? Was that the Kiss My Foot match? No, that was King of the Ring, wasn't it? That's uh, after King of the Ring. Those guys That's... had a weird feud. That's kind of funny, considering didn't, uh, like... Jerry Lawler got fucked over for in like in a similar fashion against Michael Cole. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Huh. Uh, here's Alex Luger, uh, you know, celebrating the fucking stupid win. 
Here's a weird thing that they put on this. 1995, Barry Horowitz gets a pay-per-view win over a skip of the Body Donnas. Oh, yeah, <laughs> they dude, went because nuts he used to be a that. jobber. It was just like, Horowitz wins, Horowitz wins. Well, yeah, dude, think about, like, if fucking, like, I don't know, like, who's, who's a big... They don't even have jobbers anymore, really. Mm-hmm. Closest yeah, one to that was Colin pro- Delaney back in the day. That's actually one of the biggest problems in WWE. No one's got anyone to beat up anymore. They just have to beat each other up, and no one gets to be a star. But I don't know. Yeah, just imagine like Heath Slater came out one week and beat Randy Orton. Like it would be huge. Yeah. Remember when Kofi did it? No one gave a fuck. Oh, yeah, well, they also were really had... hot about it, but then they cooled off really fast. Look what it did for uh, Sean Waltman when he beat Razor Ramon. Mm-hmm. That that made him right there. I mean, he went from the kid to the one, two, three kid. I love oh, how like well. he ha- I, I love how he had like so many different names each week, and they're just like, nope, he's the kid. I don't care. He's got a name. The Lightning the kid. kid. The uh, you know whatever. But I mean, hey, one, two, three kids. The reason why he was six pack and X pack and had a career. Has know? he ever had a six pack? Yeah, dude, he used to be in really good shape. I'm sure he downed a couple of six packs all the time. Ah. Oh, uh... <laughs> no. Next, <laughs> uh, the Austin Pile Driver. Let's see here, the Shawn Michaels Undertaker situation like that. You fucking Austin Pile Driver, this sick man. Nineteen ninety nine, Jesse the Body Ventura referees Mankind versus Austin versus Triple H. Is that really that important? It's because Jesse Ventura was the ref. Here's the McMahon thing with Blackman. We've got Goldberg uh, kicks the glass of the Elimination Chamber but- to get the Triple H. What did Vince McMahon do to black men? Did I say Vince instead of Shane? I think you did. Uh, <laughs> Some... I don't know, but... I fired him. Booker don't want to hear that you said that. Uh, Undertaker chokeslams JBL through the roof of his own limo in 2004. Wait, was, wasn't that at SummerSlam when Vince fucking dropped the end bomb on Booker? Was it? I don't think they put that on the list. Yeah, <laughs> This list that they have only goes up to this 2004 thing of Orton winning the world title. Huh. So, I guess they either this is a you know an old enough one, or they were just like, yeah, nothing important's happened in the past ten years. Man, Benoit versus Orton was such a weird fucking match. Like the reaction was almost non-existent after he won. Like pinned Benoit was like, oh, he, he he won. Always thought Orton wasn't ready in that spot, but they managed to say salvage him. So, Drew, you've been very uh, mute during this conversation. <laughs> Why is that? Because he's only seen the last five summer slams. <laughs> I accidentally had my mic muted for a lot of that, and I just realized it. You, just, you never realized that nobody was ever, really calling back to anything you were saying or responding and, or anything? No, I thought, I thought, no, I thought we were, no, I thought we were doing the, uh, oh, Drew's saying something. I'll speak over him. <laughs> No, we're doing the art. Well, not talking, so we're going to keep talking. My bad. Uh, can, I, can I throw something out there? Of one of the best. Uh, well, actually, I remembered something about <laughs> SummerSlam 2012 that I wanted to tell you. Okay. No, I just. I, I don't know. I, I might have not remembered, but uh, how about Hulk Hogan and uh, some Shawn Michaels, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was awesome when we talked about it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. This is why we don't let you talk, Drew. <laughs> or why your mic does it, apparently. <laughs> Somewhere. I like the part where Sean oversold. You pulled a Wego for an entire segment. Okay, that's officially a Drew now. He did it longer than me. No, that's still a Wego. See, here's the thing. Even when I said it, that you always did it, you did it the next episode that we 
did anything with. And you try to defend yourself saying that you don't do it that often. I never said that I don't. I never, I never said I don't do it often. Yeah, you do. Well, what would you say, Drew, is your favorite match at SummerSlam, then? Uh, I might have to go with the elimination. Oh, I thought I was talking to a snake for a second. <laughs> I thought I was talking to sizzling bacon. Uh, I might go with the uh, first elimination chamber. That's just off the top of my head. If I really think about it, I could probably think of something else. But for, yeah, it was really good. Second... Wait, didn't that happen at Survivor Series? Uh, yeah, it did. There was uh, one. The, second one the, the first one happened at Survivor Series. Oh no, 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 no! Then I'm no, no, no. That one that Goldberg lost. No, that wasn't a good one at all. That was no, the I'm second thinking, one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I've got everything mixed up in my head. So let's see. Ah, fucking Cena had a good match. Let's go with that. Just for the you record, know, when we do Survivor Punk. Series, 2002 was the best. What was the main event for that I will one? Say the, the Elimination Chamber. Yeah, oh. the first one. I will say, even though I hate the concept of it and how the match, how Brock Lesnar won, I did like me some uh, Lesnar CM Punk from, from 2013. You shit all over that match. I shit all over the concept of Punk having a feasible chance of beating Brock Lesnar, and I hated how it took Paul Heyman's interference for Brock Lesnar to win the match. Sam Punk trains UFC. What would you guys say yeah. is the best Lesnar match at SummerSlam that we've had over the past couple of years? We had Cena, we had Triple H, we had Punk. We're going to get Taker again. Do you think that's going to be the best, or do you think one of the other ones is uh, top of the list? Are we going from his first, or are we just talking about second just the past, or... Since his return to WWE. It's without a doubt his match against Cena. That match was just something to behold. Who are we talking about? I missed it. Lesner. Brock Lesnar. Yeah, easy. Let's go, Cena. Yeah, Fuck just that, that kid just screaming, let's go, Cena. Just, it was, it was just, like, so pitiful as you're watching John Cena get, get, like, taken to fucking hell. Like, it was just, you never see that really happen for John Cena. And you never will again, most likely. Like, so, you know, out, you will, yeah. On uh, Chris Jericho's podcast, uh, Cena mentioned that, like, he won't turn heel because of that one fan in the audience, you know, that one kid. And then that's and at SummerSlam. That was that one kid that he was wrestling for. That one was kid just, specifically. There was just like this moment where Lesnar was motioning to touch gloves like in the UFC, laughing his ass off, as seen as crawling to his feet, and it's so brilliant. Like the amount of it, that had like an odd, weird storytelling in it, and I think it's a one of a kind match. It was an element of a surprise because we thought it'd be straight down the middle or something along those lines, but. I think what really helped the match was the element of surprise that we didn't. No one expected that to happen. That gave birth to post-diverticulitis Brock. <laughs> well, SummerSlam is going to be coming up real soon, and um, you know, with this retrospective, we obviously there's a lot of different things that have been great over the past couple of years. But where do you guys think that the next SummerSlam is going to hold on that list? Is there anything that stands out that's going to be? a really important pivotal thing or anything that's going to be going down in history as amazing or do you think it's going to be kind of blah? Mm. I'm trying to think. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> sad. Honest, honest, <laughs> this has the potential to fucking suck but yeah. I've got a feeling that it's going to be above our expectations. I think it'll surprise us kind of like with uh, what WrestleMania did this year, where we all thought that you know it was going to end up being bad because of a terrible build, but it turned out to be one of the best manias of all time. I mean, really, you look at I the just... card on paper here. There's really no reason a single one of these matches should be bad. 
Yeah, the only exception might be Taker and uh, Lesnar, but that's mainly because we don't we didn't get a good. No, look dude, at they're the gonna they're gonna lot. book the hell out of that match. It's gonna be great. And I expect some weird finish to that, which is gonna set mm-hmm. up something else. Like something's going down in that match. Mm-hmm. I'm not expecting a weird finish. I'm expecting a weird finish for the um, title match. And see, not the you know because I think both of those main events being like a screwed finish it would be a little overkill. See, I was I, expecting a weird finish for the Stephen Amell match. Do you know who I'm behind more than anyone going into SummerSlam? Sheamus, Ryback. Like that's I really really fucking enjoyed that segment on Raw. I'm like, yeah, fucking Ryback. Kill people. Ryback. I'm becoming such a fucking mark for that guy. I can't wait for that trip. I've been a mark for that guy for so long. Oh, the I will say when it when it comes to like that, where does it stand in history as when it comes to important moments? It really depends on what they do with the uh, U.S. title afterwards, if uh, they uh, unify it or not with the uh, WWE Championship, which I don't expect them to, but if they did a situation like that, then that's possible. But, hey, you never know if uh, Cena wins and then Sheamus cashes in, Cena's still the U.S. champ or some shit like that, then, or vice versa with Seth Rollins, you never know what could happen. Very true. So that should round us out here for this little retrospective. Tell us what your favorite memories and best matches and attractions and all that other kind of stuff that you uh, can think of in the comments below. And we have one more thing that we need to do for episode 195. That's Fantasy League. So stay tuned, click on that next video, and we'll be running that down right now. The last thing that we need to do for episode 195 is, of course, the Fantasy League. So, Peyton, what do we need to know? Well, what you need to know is that you should be going to WWEFantasyLeague.com for all the latest scores, rules, rosters, and all the cool things going down with our inner promotional Fantasy League. And the scores as they stand right now, Drew White's fucking shitheaded loser still fucking shitheaded losing with 289 <laughs> points. <laughs> Steven Wigo's newly named Ring Kings, 517, down in right, fourth place. Right. Sean Walker has got a pretty good spot in third place with 520. Sure, he's going to hold on to that for a good long time. Tony Mangos, Tony's Tyke, still in second place with 685. And my team, our time is now holding on to that first place spot, 816. But it's been a weak session for us. Who knows, as we round out with SummerSlam and go to the next one, hopefully I can still hold on to that. But let's take care of the rest of the business we got to take care of this week. And that's to see if there's any trades anyone's willing to go down with. Drew, you have first priority here. What's on your mind? I w- I would like to make a trade of my team name. Is that possible? If you get out of last place, you can change your team name. Hang on, let me check the database. Nope. Okay, (laughs) then uh, I think I'm good. I think I'll keep with the team. Okay, then. Wago? I'm tempted to swap Titus O'Neil out, but I can't think of anyone that's worth doing it with, so for now, I guess I'll... uh... Just keep what I got. All right. Sean would be next. He is not here. So, Tony, it would go to you. Mm-hmm. I don't like having the, my team the way that it is. <laughs> and I have a feeling where I'm going to regret not making a decision this week. But I'm... <sighs> Actually, i got to pick now. <laughs> well, you can go then. Because you were ahead of me. I'd like to pick up Stephen Amell instead of Titus O'Neil. 
Is that allowed? Because he's not a roster member. Yeah, but he's got a match announced. <laughs> Kevin Owens wasn't a roster member and had a match announced. <sighs> yeah, but, but, he, signed, he, signed but he, he, he was a wrestler. Stephen Amell he was like... This is the legal wait, papers. Wait, a wrestler wait, now. wait, no, no. Actually, he signed a waiver that he was able to do the match being not a wrestler. This is an unsanctioned match. So if I get the contract, I get to reverse this. <laughs> so since this is an unsanctioned match, as a matter of fact, this match doesn't count for points. Well, isn't it a sanctioned match just because of the fact that he signed the papers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would hmm. say if they put Stephen Amell on the roster page, he would count. And if not, then he doesn't. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to pick him up anyway. But... Yeah, we deal with that. So, Tony, what were you thinking? I'm I'm looking at one person on my list, and I'm, I'm too hesitant to change it now, and I hope I'm not going to regret this, but... Uh, yeah, I'm not going to make any changes. No, do, do it. it. Do, do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Go on, Tony. Don't be a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> this bitch. <laughs> So violent. <laughs> nah, I'm keeping it. Ah, you're a fucking pussy. Yeah, you pussy. <laughs> Quivering pussy. Pussy Miss Macmus. Coward in that corner. Yeah. Next week, I'm gonna go. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we've gone through everybody here. Is there any trades anybody wants to do before we wrap this up? Nope. Fantastic. Alright, as I said, go to WWFantasyLeague.com to get all the latest shit going down. Lots of shit. Plug time. Drew, start us off. Well, this episode has been a Drew Why Verified. So go f- follow me on Twitter at Drew Savoy and go to YouTube, which is Mick Frickin' Duncan. And then check out all these Fine Boys projects because they're pretty cool. Fine Boys Anonymous. <laughs> Wago. At Stephen Wago on Twitter, and that's Stephen spelt for PH the correct way. And find <laughs> out all of my ongoings by going to StephenWago.com. Yeah, man. Peyton, round us out. All right. Find me on Twitter at M-R-P-A-D-E-N. That's Mr. Payton. Tune in every single Monday night following Raw for the Raw Post Show at MegapowersRadio.com, the most interactive post-Raw experience available. And love elephants. <laughs> yeah. <Sure. laughs> Follow that up. I'm throwing love for the elephants. No one loves elephants that much. Should I really address the elephant in a room? Poachers love him. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> uh, check out my plugs in the rest hold, everyone. Uh, we mentioned some of them, obviously, a little bit earlier with the Patreon account and whatnot, but um, go check them out there. I'm not going to run them all down. And uh, next week, we will be going over our predictions for SummerSlam 2015 and going through our usual shtick, too, with the Ask Him, the Hot Tags, the Rest Hold, and the Fantasy League and whatnot. So episode 195 is in the bag. Thank you to everybody on the panel. Thank you to all of you for listening. This has been another Smart Out moment, and we're being counted out. Oh, he's got the giggles. (laughs) All right, I'm recording. Go ahead. Rascal. <laughs> you can't record me now, man. It's <laughs> Okay, you guys ready? Yep, go ahead. Are ready? <laughs> Are you guys ready for my outro? It's going to be awesome. It's going to uh, okay. blow your okay. mind. <laughs>
<laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs> Alright, this is gonna be the greatest outro ever. You just jack it off now at this point? What the fuck? <laughs> Shit, I think it is. I think it's Bray Wyatt breathing in <laughs> I think he's crying. Like, or gold dust. It's like having a bad trip or something. Alright, we need to shut up so he can do his thing. <sighs> fuck was that? One. Two. Samoa Joe. Is fat, and he's got a a big ass. <laughs> he's brothers with the old rock, and he's got a good contract. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> Let me finish this. That's all I got. <laughs> Let me finish. That's all I've got. Samoa Joe and all the Yamano. It took you like 20 minutes to write the four lines. I don't think you ever said outro. Outro. God damn. Alright, we gotta contend for one of the worst of these. <laughs> no. No, no, no. No, Ric Flair is still way better. Way worse. Way worse. Just play the whole outro from what I said on the journey. Oh, that's what I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> Don't do it. You're doing the editing, okay? <laughs>